1: Hi, I'm Matt Lieb. And I'm Vince Mancini. And this is Pod Pod Yourself Yourself the Wire. Wire. Hey, The Wire podcaster, Vince Mancini and I go through every single episode of The Wire and And talk talk about about it. it. Thank you once again for listening to the world's only The Wire podcast. The Wire, a show about moms i don't know uh it's a show about moms and dads sometimes and dads just not, yeah it's a show about parents mm-hmm. and about how Parenting. sometimes the nuclear family is bad i guess i don't know man give us five stars in review uh <laughs> just just do that despite how that intro went just always five stars always a review uh say something nice tell your friends about the podcast and subscribe to the to the youtube channel i I, we need you to do that because otherwise why are we doing this yeah i gotta justify this like fill light i just got i know i was gonna say your lighting is you got a soft white
2: going on today yeah i i am a soft white and i thought that would be fitting for me you're not
1: spicy white you are you are a soft white like you're white but only recently Mm. as an italian yeah, if yeah you, that's if true. it makes you feel but i do not consider you to be white okay All right. i just feel like sure. you're like a crypto desert people mm-hmm. you know there's no reason for your skin to be that olive and it makes me think that you are um a person of color which is a compliment sure i'll t- take it as one we're starting off bad um, today. We're you be took talk- us
2: down this road. You can't complain I, I, I about know, the scenery I there.
1: So. I, I do this thing where I yes, and my own brain, and then, <laughs> and then it just keeps going, and I gotta stop myself, but I can't.
2: It's great to see you without like the the sweaty uh, exuberance of the childless, and uh, mm. and to get you right in there with just the uh, exhaustion, exhaustion, the exhaustion Total. of the of a dad
1: total total tiredness at all times uh like a a general fatigue that i've never had to power through before because i've just (laughs) been able to be like uh whatever i could just sleep more but now i can't sleep more so i have to do this season today we're talking about season four episode 10 of the wire misgivings uh and uh and boy, what an episode we have, and what a guest we have, because our guest today, he is the co-host of the Hallmark movie podcast, Town, that he does with friend of the pod, David J. Roth. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Jeb Lund.
3: Hooray. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. me. I'm sort of a flat white, uh, just yeah. like from a buffness standpoint.
1: yeah 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 you're kind of like a like a i don't know like a straight cut gene (laughs) as as a white like i look
3: at you and i go like
1: yeah that's a white like a
3: you know a good like a pink almost like if i showed up at the gym cuddy wouldn't even say anything about it he'd just sort of shake his head grimly like no yeah too flat too white
1: yeah, yeah he's like he'd look at you like I can't help you. I can't help these kids who have been uh, mo- multiple molestations, but I can't, I can't help you with your, I'm just kidding. You've probably got a good body. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, oh, Jeb, Jeb, Jeb. I'm so glad to have you on to talk about The Wire. Thank you. I'm you- delighted.
3: Go ahead. No, I'm 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 delighted to finally like have a place for all of my tendentious wire opinions that oh. were collected in the uh, the aughts Uh-oh. and yeah. haven't been deployed since. Sounds oh. like you have some takes built. Yeah, up. Yeah, do
1: you have some some hot takes about like do you what what do you think of season five, for example?
3: Uh, you know. Th- so I haven't gone back. I gave okay, it, okay. I watched it once. Once, yeah. And then I thought, it's not as bad as everybody said, but if I bad. see it again, <laughs> yeah, 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 maybe I would agree with them. But I disagreed and I was like, I'll leave it there.
1: Ah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that if you try it again, it'll be even better than the first time around. That's what I think. Because you said it's not as bad. Meaning that you were like, it's kind of bad instead of thinking
3: this is the best season of television I've ever seen in my goddamn life. I feel like the intervening years like have made everything that was sort of outlandish about season five because it was like
2: it was the whole McNulty prank call yeah.
3: storyline. Yeah, As
2: I've said, like the storyline in the paper, great characters. Uh, I think that whole storyline is wonderful, but people do object to the the serial killer part, which I understand.
3: Right, but like if if reality has done nothing else in mm-hmm. the interim, it's reduced the 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 degree to which we're going to go. Now that's a bit ridiculous. Yes. I find that implausible. Yes, <laughs> yeah. that's
1: what I'm saying. That's exactly right. I feel like we uh you know, I think people were ready to accept the verisimilitude of things in season 1 through 4, like they'd taken enough enough sociology had happened at that point where people are like, yeah, that's what it's like. That's what school, you know, that's, that's the thing about corner kid mentality or that's the thing about the drug game, blah, blah. But then season five came along and people are like, people don't just say fake news. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I di- I mean, they do not in the Trump way. I think that's right. the other problem is that you run into people who are just like, oh, you know, this is it fake news like Trump? And it's like, no, Trump was like, he was just calling everything fake news. But people, journalists lie. Isn't that right, Vince?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Not me. I've never lied.
1: Yeah, you don't lie. I, I mean, I the other strength people. of 10 men
3: and I'm always right.
1: That's right. That's, that's why we right. brought
2: you on.
3: Yeah. <laughs> we only
1: want to bring on people who are always right and never lie um, because it can't be a lie. The kids will see through it. There's a connection <laughs> to what I just said to the episode. It's mm-hmm. very nicely
3: done. I yeah. like yeah. that. Yeah. You did well, it.
1: I got. I still got some neurons firing, you know, mm-hmm. even though my baby was just crying in the middle of the night. Just no reason. You have any kids, Jeb?
3: I do. He doesn't. Well, he doesn't cry as much, but. Uh, H- how he old? Did, he's nine. He, he yeah. it's it's less like up in the middle of the night and it's more chauffeuring now. Yeah. 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 Why can't they drive at that age?
2: Well, I mean, it's
3: the South, so like, if I put him in a golf cart, I don't think anybody would blink at it. (laughs) I love that.
4: Yeah, Yeah, the South, they don't care.
2: Yeah, if you take away a wheel, they're like, eh, he's all right. Yeah. That thing's battery powered. It has its own yeah. canopy. You That's take, safe. Yeah. If you take away... It's it's funny. It's like if you take away safety features, like you take away <laughs> the glass and like the airbags and you just put them in a four-wheeler, everybody's like, oh yeah, sure. That makes sense.
3: <laughs> it's just an open air motor with four tires. There's no crumple zone. <laughs> <Yeah>. Fuck
2: it.
1: <laughs> that is kind of a weird thing we do. I feel like uh, the, the same thing when I go on a bus. I'm like... <laughs> is this because there's just so many of us that it's like
2: no you're all each other's seatbelts. no it's it's safer because that guy up there is really tired and he's had he's had to talk to a homeless man all day <laughs> and he just got
1: stabbed this <laughs> yes. so he's it's much safer in a bus no yeah and it's filled with metal poles i'm kind of uh never really understood the uh whole you know there is no safety on a bus type thing
3: yeah. That whole episode of uh, of House, like the, the season four finale mm. with the bus accident, I was like, that's completely unrealistic. Nobody would have been hurt. Yeah.
1: It's <laughs> impossible to get hurt on a bus. <laughs> no one has ever been hurt. I mean, other than like someone like coming in the bus and just like, you know, masturbating in front of you.
3: Other than that. Yeah. If the bus had to go a certain velocity, I could see it. Like if there was something yeah. that would yeah. cause the bus to explode mm-hmm. relative to the velocity. But like, other than let's, that,
1: let's say... If it went below 50 miles per hour, for some reason, um, then I could see someone getting hurt from some sort of Dennis Hopper-esque explosion happening. Did you ever see Speed 2, Jeb?
3: In the Dollar Theater. um, I recall that there was Jason Patrick in a boat, and that's about it, but it was also a Dollar Theater
2: where they didn't ID you. Oh. And they served beer. I too remember Jason Patrick in a boat And it just it felt like it didn't have quite the same Urgency as a bus people are like That cruise ship can't slow down And then yeah. it's like what do we do so, Well we only have uh, 45 minutes until it arrives um, I don't know I guess we could just pack up the dock Right and can't you just keep going It's not like there's a lot of obstacles
3: Yeah I mean there's not I mean the 7 tenths of the earth's surface is Not rush hour right Right <laughs>
1: I'm just saying. <laughs> I hate you,
3: well, Vince. You ask a question. I'm tired. <laughs> I,
2: I was just laughing at obstacles, and I liked it. <laughs> um, hey, you guys want to talk
1: about the wire? Oh, okay. But this is not a the wire podcast. No, this is a the wire podcast, and we of course cannot start the podcast without first playing the theme song. Pod. Pod pod,
4: podcast,
1: podcast, oh. school children, Nobody. season four all right ladies and gentlemen and everyone else once again today we're gonna be talking about from season four of the wire episode 10 misgivings this episode came out november 19 2006 Vince break us a little
2: piece of that synopsis i'll give you this synopsis i'm gonna warn you i didn't uh I didn't try to make this one clever or anything. Burrell is calling Carcetti's bluff, thanks to Clay Davis, who is playing all sides. Mm. Prez is still teaching the test, and Herc is still working bubs to get his camera back without offering much in return, which I'm sure will work out great for him. Meanwhile, Naaman spends the night with Bunny Colvin. Lil' Kevin is trying to clear the air with Marlo. Chris and Snoop help Mike with a problem, and literally everyone is living out the adage, shit rolls downhill. That's... 100% correct. That is why you are a professional
1: critic. You understand themes (laughs) and
2: motif. They say review is 80% summary. So, you know, I just cut out the other 20% there and let it rip. Let it rip, dude. You don't need that 20% anyway.
1: I just want to know what happens. Mm -hmm. Uh, But before we talk about what happens, I want to know what happened at the time that this episode came
2: out that's right matt i think what you're trying to say is that we cannot evaluate art divorced from its cultural context we got to put some of that cultural context back in and we do that with a little thing that we like to call the back in the day machine it's a bad time
5: for newspapers the news hole is shrinking as advertising dollars continue to decline Dang no back in the day the machine tells the tale son
2: have you ever noticed that the guy in the blue shirt in the background of that scene kind of looks like Brent? Producer Brent? Let me see again. Uh-huh. <laughs> that guy right there with the glasses. He does. He's Brent's Brent back there. Hey, Brent. What's he doing? Hey
1: Brent, were you were you in the wire? <laughs> hey Brent!
3: What's you it... Yeah. What?
5: Oh yeah! I've been,
3: I've been doing background acting for a long time. You can you see did. me in that. You can see me in *For All Mankind*.
1: So. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> that was true. Yeah.
3: You can actually, if you watch *For All Mankind*, which you should I haven't seen *All For
1: All Mankind*. Who are you in that?
3: I'm just one of the employees at Helios.
1: Shit! I need to re-watch yeah, re- yeah, re- watch it. Tell me what it's episode? It's a good show. Are I'll you in a, a
3: bunch? Nah, I think just one.
1: That rules.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's, a great, that's a great show. But it's, I mean, I mean, *The Wire* and *For All Mankind*. I in two of the best shows. Two of the best shows
2: ever made. That's right. Uh, So today for for, uh, uh, whatever the segment is called. uh, Back in the day machine. Yeah, that's right. We're going all the way back to November 19th. Jeb, we're
1: actually really good at podcasting. (laughs) In case for a second you're just like, what is going on with these guys today? Vince is drinking tea. I figured uh-huh. I was just
3: getting hustled, right? Like, I was just yeah. like, oh, this is going to be, I'm going to coast through this. And then in the back third, you're going to be like, bam, here's the analysis. And I'll be yeah. like, fuck, these guys are so good. No, no, it's going to be, it's only going to get worse.
1: <laughs> that's, how it, that's how it works. But, it's uh, like we're
2: carrying a raft that has water still in it, and we're just, we're not doing our part, and then the water's kind of sloshing back to your side, and you're going to need to, like, really lift that boat a lot. Right. To, you know, it's not a
1: bad idea for a podcast, have storm. one where the hosts kind of give up like partway <laughs> through and just use the guests fear of silence to have them continue talking.
3: That's you how the I mean? cops
2: do their interrogation. I think they just, oh. you know,
3: they, they, you do like an, and then we're, the uh, you could do like an, and then there were none thing where you start out with like 11 hosts yes, or 10 hosts. And then, yeah. And you,
1: and you keep get going it down. down. Agatha Christie. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: um, we're going all the way back to November 19th, 2006. Some of the things that were happening, uh, N- Nintendo had just released their seventh generation game console, which was, of course, uh, wait, what 2006, the Weir. Oh, the Wii, the Nintendo Wii. That's right. Wow. They released some Wii all over America. Oh, I love Wii! <laughs> How refreshing! Yeah, everybody. Wii liked is so it. hot right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, some other things that were happening: uh, intrigue swirls an ex KGB man's illness. I don't know if you guys remember this one. That was a-
1: low key. Um, was this the one who uh, is now like he's tr- he's like kind of the opposition to putin and he's uh, oh no
2: no this guy's dead but
3: uh, uh the british yeah, police, i don't see how that disagrees with what he was suggesting <laughs> yeah, no, what I, no, no.
1: Yeah, that's, I think uh, that guy's true. dead
2: too mm-hmm. he's definitely like in a prison somewhere and no one's talking about him uh the british police said sunday that they were investigating the suspected poisoning of alexander litvinenko a former KGB a Russian former KGB operative living in exile in Britain who had mm. been inquiring into the killing of a journalist in Moscow last month.
1: Isn't that, uh, is this, uh, this is not the same what, no, What's the name of the, guy. What, what's the name of the guy who's a Navalny in I think you're yeah, thinking Alexei of? Alexei
3: Navalny yeah. Yeah yeah,
2: yeah 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 They all sound the same to me.
1: <laughs>
2: That's uh, right. The Russian authorities had no immediate comment on suggestions and news reports that the Russian Secret Service had poisoned Mr. Litvinenko, Mm. who was hospitalized and seriously ill. Uh, Mr. Litvinenko was depicted by fellow exiles as a prominent critic of the Kremlin, and he had told them he was looking into the killing on October 7th of Anna Politkovskaya, who had made her name as a critic of the government's policies in Chechnya and who was gunned down at her apartment building. Uh, last hmm. week, Mr. Litvinenko told reporters he began to feel sick within hours of meeting with uh, an Italian contact identified only as Mario. <laughs> oh, you should
1: have known that that was a setup. Yeah. If an Italian guy comes up, he goes, it's a me, Mario.
2: He's going to poison you. <laughs> uh, I ordered lunch, but he ate nothing, Mr. Litvinenko said. Oh, this is a, your Sunday second Times. red
1: flag. An Italian who's not going to eat? Get <laughs> out of here.
2: Mangia, mm-hmm. they love to do it That's not in a real Italian mm-hmm. uh, He appeared to be very nervous He handed me a four page document Which he said he wanted me to read right away It contained a list of people Including an FSB op- officer Who were purported to be connected With the journalist's murder uh, I do feel very bad, Mr. Litvinenko Told the Sunday Times I've never felt like this before, before. My life is hanging on the ropes uh, Damn maybe, I think he lasted a few more months after that that's so yeah, cr- It was crazy. they did a, they did a criminal intent episode of that.
3: Lee turgeson was the journalist who got uh poison instead of the uh the Litvinenko, uh huh. man and uh veteran of a uh, homicide and law and order in the and Oz like the yeah. whole the wire casting universe yeah the whole the
1: david Simon Tom Fantana Multiverse oh man yeah that's crazy I, I feel like it's weird because like whenever you hear about a poisoning it's always the Russians and I feel like for a society that like prides itself on being so manly it's weird that they use a woman's weapon wow you
3: know, wow Poison is a woman. none of them hears a woman's the, hear this weapon. and like you know the Borgias where are they are they just sitting this one out like where's your flex right somebody took your brand yes what are you doing yeah you're just gonna let the Russians be the poison
1: guys yeah come on What's the point of view you anymore? Get out of your ass! Yeah, Jesus, fucking
2: ridiculous, uh, embarrassing. Else, yeah, embarrassing. Elsewhere, uh, U.S. and Russia sign accord on WTO membership. Mm. Mm. Oh, okay. Yep, yep, yep. They're gonna be in the WTO. Fun. Uh, White I remember House. Where, and... where it was when
3: the signing happened? Yeah, was... me
2: too. <laughs> I was, I was uh,
1: in college. I think. I don't know. I don't you remember. Don't,
2: you don't remember where you were on that day? Probably just (laughs) masturbating. Cool. Uh, Elsewhere, White House scrambles for exit strategy, uh, which is, of course, about. (laughs) Good luck with that. (laughs) Yeah. A stay the course US policy in Iraq has suddenly veered toward a change the course posture, but with little certainty about what it will be changed to. Uh, after three years of repeated insistences by President George W. Bush that he would accept nothing short of victory in Iraq and that the proper policy was in place to achieve that end, yeah. everything appears up in the air amid an intense flurry of new studies and proposals about the war. God, I love a, gotta love a good study thank god we won eventually
3: i you I know, know at the time i remember thinking i don't know if it, if we're gonna pull it off but eventually yeah. you know we we thought about it we had the plan and we did it yeah, yeah. It was, we just needed a few
1: more surges um and then you know the Iraqis were like fine and then everything was roses after that there's uh you know it's funny about this uh i uh, this is a tangent but uh I saw a uh, tweet by a uh, Ben Dreyfus. Do you mm. guys know this tweeter named Ben Dreyfus? Yeah, Richard yeah, Dreyfus' I son. Yeah. It's, oh, wait, oh, is that
3: Jeb's let, met him? Holy yeah. shit!
1: You've met him? You know Ben Dreyfus? Yeah, I,
3: I met him at a bar in New York called the Scratcher in the, the Village. Is uh,
1: what? Uh, so I mean, I don't know if you guys are best friends or whatnot, but he wrote the dumbest thing I've ever read in my life. I, I hope that's okay.
3: Ben sometimes, he has some problematic tweets, yes. I think he just, I, I assume he just
1: is just like, whatever, let's see what happens. Uh, yeah, he's, but, he's, he's still tweeting
3: like it's 2010 out there, like yeah. there's just no rules.
1: Yeah, but he tweeted, um, you know, because people were, you know, saying regime change wars are bad in these times of ours uh, currently, and he tweeted something like, you know, the one thing people keep forgetting about the war on terror is uh, we won. And I was like, what the fuck? That wasn't a joke, though? No, no. It was dead serious. Like, look at, it was basically, look at Iraq now. Mm. Mm. You know, it all worked out. And I was like, you don't remember when we pulled out and then ISIS happened and spread throughout the entire (laughs) Middle East? And we went, uh-oh. Oh, Oh, no, that's worse, guys. I just, I love that.
2: Well, look, all's well that ends well. And, you know, we're here. Hey, Ben,
1: if you're listening to this podcast, (laughs) uh, shout out to your dad. I think he's fucking great in Jaws. Mm -hmm.
2: Also,
3: five and subscribe, please. Thank you. Five and subscribe. Yes.
2: Uh, Finally, we got uh, the St. Louis Post-Dispatch asking their readers for suggestions. Well, not suggestions, but for their readers' choices for their, their dream ticket for 2008. Two thousand eight dream ticket. Uh, yeah. Uh, th- some of the responses: the Democrats have an obvious ticket that they'll let slip through their grasp. Clinton Obama. Uh, oh yeah. Damn. Another God. I hope they've. I hope they do that one. <laughs> another reader says: <laughs> Obama for prez, forth for vice. Both parties running on the same ticket in a change from the usual. Nobody will know who to point fingers at. Yeah. Uh,
1: no, that's, that's a good, I, that's, I, I've, I love that as just like a galaxy brain take, like what if a Democrat Republican ruled together? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's how the world works. Simple.
3: Well, that was the 20, that was the 2004 dream ticket was, it was going to be McCain-Lieberman, right? And we're yeah, like, just come on, right. John, you got to pick.
2: Yeah, yeah. We got a, we got a few more of those. I don't remember who Danforth was. Who was Danforth. He's the fourth uh, Dan. Yeah, that's exactly it. <laughs> sure, there were uh, three others. Other responses. Uh, I'd like to see Gore Obama, but it will never happen. Perhaps Obama Edwards. I'd take almost anyone over Hillary. Mm. Uh, mm. Timothy says Condi Rice for president, McCain for vice president. Mm. Okay, sure, sure. <laughs> uh, I
1: love, I love, uh, I love a little bit of just like, you know, I don't want to pull. I don't want to like pull that much out of a rack, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Like I want to have a little bit of peace,
3: not a lot of peace. I want to leave just the tip in a rack. Yes, exactly.
1: Yeah, I just want
2: the tip and, you know, fucking just see how it goes. Kathy has a couple answers. I guess she's picking both tickets. Kathy says, John Edwards and Evan Bay, John McCain and Rick Santorum. (laughs) What? i don't yep i love that you have a dream
1: ticket for both <laughs> yeah That's she just, just wants like, both just sides like, to have fun i just want <laughs> everyone to have a good time <laughs> god damn it uh oh.
2: john mccain and mitt romney yeah sure All right. just not at the same time so yeah those are people's picks for their dream ticket in 2008 which is still two hours two hours still two years away at this point and yeah. um yeah, I think we're properly contextualized now and ready to discuss yeah, the, the My wire. Dream
1: Ticket, Carcetti McNulty mm. 2008. That's what I want. I think yeah. those two guys together can really clean up that city. Um, okay. We're going to get into the episode. First things first, our Balmer B story this week uh is based on Michael's storyline about his dad and loosely based on this song by the Pixies
5: Outside Christmas New.
1: Here comes my dad! Please kill Bugs Dad! dad. dad. Alright, well, you know... <laughs>
3: That's... <laughs> That's where all my energy went, Jeb. Is <laughs> writing a you, parody song. You you allocated it exactly where it needed to go. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you don't don't play our game. You play your game. That's right.
1: That's right. That's you know. It's, I do them for me. I do them for me and the handful of people who only (laughs) listen to this podcast so they can get a parody song.
2: (laughs) I mean, I couldn't understand all the words, but like I just, I enjoyed the melody. So I I just went with Uh, it. You
1: know, understanding the words is secondary to uh, trying to figure them out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh but yeah let's talk about this episode of course the full song at the end of the pod you can listen to it yourself but this episode what did we think so many great things happen in this episode i mean you've got uh clay davis you've got fucking Lil kevin says bye bye we've got fucking uh michael dad stepdad die vince what'd you think general thoughts
2: i mean great episode i feel like the best wire episodes are always like one or two episodes away from the finale and this one's no different i thought the this episode's mostly about uh, middle managers who are unwilling to bend on some small things and they end up Mm. sort of fucking up the big big things it's everybody you know no one wants to let the paper bag go anymore. And so they they're trying to be hard asses about stuff and uh it ends up sort of ruining everything and everyone starts juking the stats and then uh, yeah, it's, it's all bad. It's also I know Dennis Lahaine isn't officially credited as the writer of this episode, but yeah. the the whole molestation revenge thing feels like uh like Dennis Lahaine it had some yeah, they've saved their goriest moment for uh the child molester getting beaten up um
1: yeah 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 I, I, there's uh, you know in terms of uh like disturbing images i feel like this is one of the rare times uh on the wire like there's not a lot of like times where you're just dist- there's times where you're sad you mm-hmm. know a character you love dies or whatnot but like seeing someone just getting beat to death you're just like oh fuck that's
2: that's hard to watch. I mean, they still did it in a very the wire way, which is to have Snoop sort of shrug right afterwards and go, yeah. well, I don't guess I don't need this bucket of lime.
1: Yeah. Why'd I carry this bucket? <laughs> uh Jeb, what did you think of this episode?
3: I remember at the time uh you know, sort of watching this in real time on on uh you know before we had Twitter. Yeah, right? when we had to do it on message boards, yeah. kids. Yes. When on our rotary computer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh but the <laughs> The Chris reveal, you know, and just the 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 bargain that Michael made, I remember I think everybody and I, you know, and rewatching it. So I went back and started from episode one of the season because I didn't want to miss callbacks. And I kind of caught even though I knew what the outcome was, I kind of caught myself getting back into that mentality of like, well, maybe there's a way out for all of them.
4: Mm -hmm, You know,
3: there's there's still hope, which like is, I think, the most dangerous thing to believe in going into any wire episode like yeah. this this'll work. And like, no. I <laughs> mean like haven't yeah, yeah. you learn. But I'm just sort of running at, you know, Lucy and the football. And I still kind of, you know, it still, you know, made me feel like I I dropped out of my seat almost, like the like the floor fell away of like that uh that final act of like raw violence, which as you say, like the wire is not a show that does gore right. so much. And to to see that and then to see Michael's um, look at his mother. Ugh, I know the, the smirk. Yeah, that that sort of like awareness that, you know, he's been standing outside the power of life and death this whole time and he hasn't decided to to pick it up. And then yeah. finally, he's like, all right, now I want to hold this. And it was like, it's still good. It was still. Yeah really striking
1: yeah it is uh it's definitely it's one of the darkest endings i think of an episode of the wire um you know
2: yeah and i mean just sorry like talking about uh like watching it uh, hoping for a happy ending even though you know like what the outcome is i sort of did the same thing with this episode because i i try to watch these twice before we record and uh, on my second watch of this, which is I don't know, I've already watched the wire through at least two times before this, but mm-hmm. uh, I found myself the second time uh, like looking for reasons why little Kevin like did this to himself, like where mm-hmm. where he's like, oh, but you were you were supposed to tell him to go to the alley, not farm it out right. to Randy, and mm-hmm. I was like, oh, see, he he did fuck up. This is sort of his fault, and then he sort of tries to get out. Of uh, I forget what else he says in there. Like he, there's there's one thing that that, that he sort of lies about, uh, one minor point. But it's it's he two said, of these uh, like he like t-
1: he lied about whether or not he told Randy what happened to last. Right. Yeah,
2: that's right. Yeah, they ask him yeah. like if did you tell? any did you tell Randy what happened? He's like, no, I swear. And I was like, yeah. see, he did the wrong thing, and he also lied about it. So uh, if yeah. that were me, I clearly would have done it the uh, the right way. And, right. Like it's like this weird self. I think we all do that. Self-protecting way where you're like, see, like if it were me, I would have done a smart thing and not gotten myself killed in a vacant house.
1: Like for some reason I've talked about this, but I was like really into watching like uh, death videos on the Internet. Not the healthiest thing to do, but like part of it was, uh, because I was like, if I watch it, then I'll know how to avoid a death like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like we all do a version of that. Maybe when see, if watching- he would have just
2: ducked his head when that right. bull was kicking his hoof out that direction, he'd have been fine.
1: Yeah. You see, see a bunch of people <laughs> holding a scaffolding, like getting electrocuted and you'd be like, well, what are you doing? Holding metal.
2: Yeah.
3: Don't hold no metal. No, then you won't die. I just, I can't imagine what it was like a couple years later when you were like, ISIS, hell yeah, tutorial right here. Yeah, I
1: I was actually, I was uh, pretty impressed though with ISIS because what ISIS did, um, this is a tangent, but I mean, let's go for it. What ISIS did was very clever because they didn't actually show the beheading process, which is the most disturbing part. Mm -hmm. They would cut to, uh, head is already off. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, it was, uh, you know, like... Less disturbing.
3: No, but, like, I think, yes. I, I think you're right. Like, especially with the preceding episode where, you know, the kids are, are basically deconstructing how the corner works. Like, I think mm-hmm. there's an unconscious process in watching this, especially because The Wire unfolds its universe and its, like, its laws and and principles, like, slowly but pretty implacably. You're like, well, I surely... You know, I would be able to 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 negotiate this this perilous floor. Like, I yeah, wouldn't yes. hit any of the booby traps. Like, I know how to. The Latin Jehovah begins with an I, right? R- like,
1: right. I I think that like in sort of um, uh, explaining the rules of how the corner works in that episode, uh, there's part of you that goes like, they these kids also need to believe that there are rules and that if they just follow a certain set of steps a certain path then they'll be okay Mm -hmm. um because you know that's yeah that's
2: why Bodhi is like so disturbed because like all he spent all this time thinking like oh okay i can win this chess game as long as i'm a smart pawn yes because there are
1: rules to the game
2: yeah and then little kev does exactly what Bodhi says and ends up in a vacant and he's like well i don't know man
1: and then you feel you definitely feel bad for uh for little kevin um and then you feel even more bad for bodie because bodie is the one who fucking like it's kind of bodie's fault mm-hmm. bodie's telling Ke- uh little kevin in this episode uh you just nip this in the bud and tell marlo that you yeah you were in you know lock up for a little bit um yeah like just tell him before he finds out because if he finds out he'll get suspicious did you guys notice what the Bodhi and Poot stuff uh at least is my thoughts on it those scenes were like slightly overwritten and sort Hmm. of uh student film-ish but but the acting was great I thought I I thought the acting was 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 fantastic but there was something about it that felt very uh I don't know what the word is. Like French. Like <laughs> a French film. Anyways, I have a clip.
5: I ought to go somewhere warm for the winter. Oh. Like Florida. Oh. Thomas.
1: Yeah. That shit looks sweet. See what I'm saying?
5: The water was like this. This color, man. See, I don't think God, it's it going to be that cold this year. How you know? Global warming. So why is it so cold already? Yo, we just getting old. True that. And I'm the one that told him to do the right thing and go talk to the man. Don't seem that way now, do we? That's what I'm saying. It's a cold, motherfucker. It's a cold world, Bodie. Thought you said it was getting warmer, nigga. World going one way, people another, yo.
1: Lemon <laughs> <laughs> Those of you listening at home,
2: uh, I I, ma- I made it in black and white, and then I put a French title in it. See, to me, this is the classic scene of a cop talking about all the things he's going to do in his retirement. Like as soon as mm. Bodie started talking about going someplace warm, you're like, ah. well, this guy has at, like at the at maximum three more episodes in this show tops. Like he yeah. is definitely going to die. Like as soon as you start talking about like the, all the plans that you have after a daydreaming about a, d- a different life. Like that's almost always like a screenwriter tell like, Oh, this guy's going to die. That's a very good point. I, I actually, I didn't
1: totally put that together, but that is a hundred percent. What is happening here? He is, yeah. uh, you know, he is, Talking about a future that is not going to exist and is very clear. It's like yeah, watching any prestige TV show and someone's driving for no reason, and you're
3: like, well, why are they showing this?
1: He's just going to the grocery store. Oh, he got hit by a car.
3: Yep, right. (laughs) Yeah, it seems like in a special taunt too in The Wire, where it's like, no, you don't get to have a future. Like you can't daydream about that. You are in an eternal present that is never going to reform itself yeah. especially
2: not like a future that involves going to a place besides baltimore like that is right the main thing that none of these characters can do Right, yeah. yeah
3: like and and we've had like uh what's his name old face going mm-hmm. kind of like i don't know anything besides baltimore and he's like the second who's the other person that did it early in the pre in a previous episode just everybody Omar. yeah Omar, yeah, they yes. keep, yeah it's just you know like the. Uh, like the end of Cemetery Man, a great comp, an analogy everyone will get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I should, should have, have known man. the rest superhero. of the world doesn't exist. <laughs> mm.
1: Yes, yeah. No, I was just going to say I love that Marvel <laughs> comic of Cemetery right, Man. man. Um, but yeah, no, uh, like you're 100% right. We'll see what happens with Bodhi uh, going forward in the future. But I mean, it's-, it's a
2: very writerly line, like the world going one way people go in mm. another but yes a good line
1: no like, it is good it is very very good i guess what i was getting from it was i was it, i i didn't get what you got which you're 100 percent right about which is like you know he's talking about some nice clear water that he saw in uh in the Bahamas on TV, you know, what's he? What what is all this? Is this self indulgent masturbation? And it's like, oh no, it's just kind of foreshadowing, I guess, a little bit. Or yeah, know. it's
2: gonna make you feel bad when he gets killed because you're like, ah, oh, he had he so many other things that. that he wanted to do.
1: Yeah, he never got to see if that only. that clear, clear water in the Bahamas, and you know, and I'm sure
3: there's other things he wanted to do. Well, it it's funny that you point that one out, Matt, as like being a little bit, you know writerly or at least sort Mm -hmm. of i guess showing the hand of the uh of the show right Mm because like the the moment that hit like that for me i had forgotten how um you know i don't want to say like pedantic the wire can be but like Mm -hmm. the minute when when uh Mr. Presbo is talking about, like, I know what this is. This is juking stats. And, you know, the whole time up until that happened, I'm like, well, I'm very clever. I've noticed that they're (laughs) juking stats. And then he says it and it's like, motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Let me figure it out.
1: No, there is. Yeah, I completely agree. There are uh, on occasion, uh, the wire will throw uh, the viewer a bone and tell you what they're doing which mm-hmm. I, I you know a part of me wants to go be like you don't need to do that i already know i'm fucking smart but also uh i think it's probably appreciated for i would say a good percentage of viewers who like couldn't even finish the first season cuz they're like what is this Ten i forever. like it like
2: if you're doing a thing if you tell me that you're doing a thing and the thing is smart i'm like okay that's good cuz i feel like the a lot of uh, like independent movies do the opposite where they make a style choice out of like not being specific with the themes or being like, like obscuring their own themes because they want to you know be venerated as uh, mm-hmm. subtle and uh, yeah like having a light touch as tours which is great I guess but I don't know to me I'm just like put your name on it man like tell me you had like, this is, this is your chance to make a statement and you don't, mm. and you don't want to say it cause you're like afraid of getting criticized or something like, right yeah. Uh, I, I totally get what you're saying with the wire where it, it always tends towards that, uh, we're doing a thing now. Right.
1: I mean, and, and not, I mean, not holding your hand is what it tends to do. It's just like.
2: Well, it, tends, it, it it doesn't hold your hand with like exposition, but like right. thematically, it's oh, usually sure, pretty yes. on the nose. Like
1: no, right? I, I I do think though there is a there's a barrier there for everything in the wire, where like in order to know they're doing a thing, you first have to know kind of what people's names are yeah (laughs) yeah, you you first have to be able to follow the show which i feel like in
2: season four you know i think they've got down pretty great this is i mean that that plot line in particular is a rare moment when there's two characters there being like yeah but remember when we did that thing before like uh, usually wire characters like do not do Mm -hmm. that they just let you pick up on the parallels
1: yes yes that's true there's sort of a simpsons-esque uh like facet to it where it's just like every episode starts from the beginning. There is no, you know, (laughs) there is no time we murdered our best friend. Um, but yes, no, they did. They did do that. Um, but yeah, little Kevin, uh, dies and simultaneously in kind of just like, uh, one small moment while little Kevin is saying, you know, Hey, it's Randy. It's Randy's fault. You know, uh, Randy talked to the cops or whatever. Um, you know Marlo says like nah he can't hurt us and Snoop goes he a snitch though and all he says is yeah put that out there and then moves on and that little bit is gonna fuck up Randy's entire goddamn life like it is it's so uh it's just so dark how like just kind of an as an afterthought you can ruin this little kid's life it's it's not nice man
2: yeah, I like it better. I like it better when characters are friends, like when uh, Me too. <laughs> like when Carve remembers that there's a cop that he's friends with Who's named bald. Bunny no. Cole, yeah, Cole. And man, yeah. uh yeah, and then they they make the when they're making connections like that, that's great. Yeah. No, I like it. Cool I like Just cool guys it. that you want to hang out with. Yeah.
1: I I I do like when everyone's friends. <laughs> Jeb, do you like when shows where everybody's friends?
3: Yeah, but uh, you know, I I want I get upset when they don't live in a realistic enough apartment for me. Hundred um, percent. Oh my god! Cavernous ceilings in New York that that bothers me. But other than that, like uh, I do like uh, the original UK series that was based on though Chums. That was good. That was
1: oh I don't know Chums <laughs> is that is that the original Friends?
3: <laughs> I think I'm stealing a Thirty Rock joke actually. Oh, yeah, but...
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, no, I, uh, I I like when I like when everybody is nice and friends, and you know that's the thing about uh, where I relate with with Bodhi. Bodhi is like, what happened? We all used to be friends, mm-hmm. and now <laughs> Marlo it. showed up, and you know Broke is like up the gang,
2: quite yeah, literally,
1: literally breaking up his gang and killing killing folks just to kill him, and uh, you know him. Talking at a turn like that is not, um, it's not going to end up well, going well for him. Um, oh, oh no. It, it's Brent. Do I you have some, some more news about background work you've done? Uh, yeah, you can see
3: me in um, Chums if you, if you find that, <laughs> that show that Friends was based on. I was actually in that as a baby. I love Chums. Yeah, I do. I love Chums. I love Bob
1: uh Terry, the, he's kind of the Joey. Of I love Terry. The way <laughs> yeah, he's like, let's get some sned in it. Yeah. <laughs> oh,
3: oh, hey, oh, hey, fuck a bird. Dang yeah. love. Oh, yeah, oh,
1: he hey, fuck a bird. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we should take a break for
3: ads.
1: Oh, hey, guys, <laughs> it is time for advertisements, and you know what that means? Time for advertisements. So, uh, <laughs> so stick around. <laughs> For a hot minute, and we will be right back. Hey, everyone. Matt Lieb here. Have you seen Chuck Norris lately? Not like around, you know, the block or whatnot. I'm not saying have you seen, run into him at your local grocery store. I'm saying... Have you seen what his body looks like? He is still kicking butt and staying active well into his 80s. And what's even more shocking is he somehow looks more jacked than ever and seems to have more energy than guys half his age. And it's all thanks to Morning Kick, a revolutionary new daily drink from Roundhouse Provisions that combines ultra-potent greens like spirulina and kale with probiotics, prebiotics, collagen, and even ashwagandha. Just mix with water, stir, and enjoy. Unlike other green drinks out there, this one actually tastes like strawberry lemonade and has hundreds of five-star reviews. Since I started drinking Morning Kick, and yes, I have started drinking it. Why? Because they sent me some. And honestly, I've never felt better. My digestion is smoother. My body looks leaner. And I have energy all day. I just, I feel younger, even though I I am a young man. I feel even younger, bro. Like, if you know anything about me, you know that I'm someone who is obsessed with gut health. All right? You know, I, I I drink kombucha. I like a I like a probiotic drink. I do all sorts of things to make sure that my gut is healthy. And I'll tell you, this is actually great for your gut, and it actually tastes good, which is not something you can say about kombucha. Let's be honest. And another thing I loved about it, easy to prepare. I love that it's just something you just mix with water and stir. I didn't have to like you know learn to make a culture from a scoby or whatever like i just had to buy some morning kick mix it with water stir it drink it down and it tasted great so if you want something that tastes good makes your digestion feel smoother and make your body look leaner and give you more energy try morning kick go to roundhouseprovisions.com slash pod yourself for up to 44% off your regular priced order. Plus every purchase is backed by a 90 day money back guarantee. So if you want to experience smoother digestion, a boost of energy, and just an overall healthier body, then go to roundhouseprovisions.com slash pod yourself today.
0: America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness.
1: Uh, Herc and Bub's time. Let's talk about what happened with Mister Bubbles and Mister Herc. Uh, they've they've had a a, a quite uh tumultuous little journey in the last couple of episodes. Bubbles was supposed to you know get Herc's help with this guy who's beating him up and. You know, stealing his, uh, stealing his drugs, stealing his money, fucking up his business of selling things in his
2: cart. Yeah, and this show it's all about symmetries, and mm. uh, on the corners you have uh, Bodie and Poot trying to give Little Kevin advice, where he's just, where they're just kind of like, you got to go to the boss and admit yes. uh, that you were that you fucked up, and it'll be okay. And then yeah. you see Sidner. And the other guy, whatever his name is, is that Dozerman? It's Dozerman. I think that's Dozerman. Sidner and Dozerman are trying to tell Herc like, hey man, well, mostly Sidner, but Sidner's telling Herc, you got to go to Marimo and uh, admit that you lost the camera and that way the punishment will be less. Uh, And then Herc goes in there and doesn't realize that Marimo is having like the worst day possible because he's got a big pile of Lester he's, Freeman's subpoena's on his yes, desk and yeah. he's he's not in a place where uh he's going to be in a favor granting mood mm-hmm. And Miramo basically tells Herc what everybody else has been telling him, which is that like, hey, you got to actually do some police work. And if you bring in a case or do something, then I'll be in a forgiving mood.
1: Yeah. Then I'll pretty much be able to forgive like literally anything you do as a cop. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Like if you just do some police and it does not have to be good police work. It just has to be stats. And, uh, you know, Herc is he can't even really do that.
2: You know, no. He uh, he declines Bub's keeps keeps declining Bub's call, and finally Bub's realizes that uh, his burner phone uh, connected to Herc is basically worthless. Right, because
1: Herc will not pick up the fucking phone. I love that in this episode he gives him a he buys him a phone. Uh, he buys him a bunch of fried chicken, which is like sweet in a slightly racist way, where he's just like, you know, I'm sorry about last time, how you got your ass kicked, and I said I would help, but I didn't.
3: Um, <laughs> You've been beaten. Here are wings.
1: Yeah, here are wings. <laughs> that should that that's and are, like that's fucked that's, up, but
3: I am gonna eat these. Or it's yeah, like the, the emergency wounds. room brought to you by B Dubs. Yes,
1: exactly. Uh, I mean, you know, nothing feels better than uh, when your mouth is. Covered in hot sauce and a swollen lip. Um,
2: But yeah. uh, I mean, this show, like this is the same thing. Again, synergies. This is the same thing with Michael is that everybody in the show is uh, gradually going to come to find out that institutions and authority figures are not going to be helpful in solving whatever problem that you have. And uh, Bubbles comes to like that stark realization. And you do get one of your like little nuggets of joy that the wire gives you in the midst of like the bleak overview, you do see bubs fucking over Herc like just perfectly. Cause Herc, and- Herc this season, like he's in trouble cause he already got a complaint from the nice lady at the train station when, yes. uh, when Marlowe, when marlo uh set, set him, up, him up yeah and now bubs is setting him up in the funniest way possible where he sees he sees <laughs> i love that bubs it, it has this moment that he gets to get one over on Herc while also fucking over the priest and the nuns who like don't give him the time of day it's wonderful i i have a clip of uh of bubs uh and his last straw and Herc just taking the yeah so what's that her taking the 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 uh, license plate over the phone and not thinking anything of the fact that <laughs> yeah, the license plate not says being praise able to god put the pieces together <laughs> is so
1: beautifully herc where he's he's yeah. just so singularly focused he cannot just okay so this uh,
2: drug mule so he's got a vanity plate all right that checks out uh <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, it's called it's N O T A D R U G M U L E. Okay, all right, I'm gonna go after him. Let's do it. Uh here we go.
5: Help me get something to eat. God bless. Good morning, Reverend. Soon, Soon after, right P-R-A-Z-G-O-D. Hey, ladies, a uh, cell phone? We got like a half hour on it. No, thank you. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna damn show, sure get your name and dad's number. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Alright So
5: <laughs> Sorry I
2: have to keep myself he know, but he, By this point like He knows Herc perfectly and he knows he's a big Stupid idiot and that all He's uh, you know Herc is the ultimate like when you're Got a hammer. Everything looks like a nail. Like 100%. if you give Bub or if you give Herc the chance to put on a black windbreaker and yes. uh, and that go says, ki-
1: uh, that that <laughs> that says respect me, yeah, he will yeah. put it on. Yeah.
2: Yes, he's not going to quibble about the details. Like, oh, this is what yeah. I'm built for.
1: All right, get call the worldly birds, get them in the air. Yeah, he's like he is so ready at all times to call in the cavalry for the dumbest shit. And the fact that he has that ability. Uh, is all based on the fact that he saw the former mayor getting his dick sucked. It's kind of (laughs) the most beautiful thing. It's, It's like this guy should not be in this position, but he was lucky enough to see the mayor get his dick sucked.
3: Well, uh, what's yeah. fun about her too is like he never stops to ask a question about where he is ever at all. Like, and it it's never occurred to him like you did some smart police work. Was it because you became smart, or was it because you were in the room with smart? Yes, right. Exactly. And he <laughs> thought it rubbed off. Yeah. And like earlier, you know, we had there in like four or five episodes back when you know he goes to Valcheck uh, mm-hmm. for like advice, and Valcheck's like, play stupid. Yeah, he never <laughs> stops to think about how easy that is for him. Yes, yeah, yeah, he like he's rubs doing. his hands
2: could, together like, yeah, I could do that. I could do that. <laughs> yeah, I could do that
1: really easily. I I do it all the time. But I'm really smart. No, I, what I love about him too is like he reminds – he's like when – you know when the Wile E. Coyote uh, just like keeps walking uh, off a cliff and he's just walking on the air mm-hmm. and he doesn't notice that he's – until he looks down and then he falls – Herc's entire career has been him just walking midair, just fucking everything, not knowing that is, you know, that mistake after mistake is going to lead to him eventually falling off that cliff. And uh, you're just never sure. In fact, I've rewatched this show several times and I'm still not sure what of the three things we mentioned, you know, the camera, uh, the train station and this scene, which of the ones got him actually shit canned. All All of them.
2: They're all piling up like this, like this. uh, He could have he he could have he could have weathered. Accidentally busting a priest or a reverend mm-hmm. or whatever the guy is like in a vacuum like that would have been fine. But because totally. he compounded that with like another thing, another incident that went down the exact same way and mm-hmm. uh, a supervisor who doesn't like him at all.
3: Yeah. It's perfect. Yeah. Um if only Bubbles hadn't painted that tunnel on the side of the river house. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh, it's so true, man. He's just so it, And
2: it's not it, realizing uh, that a drug mule would not have a vanity plate is oh so wonderful
1: but you know he didn't know it was a vanity plate and like this is like to he he did not read he took each number and letter as
2: individual because he cannot put pieces together this this is also just like an example of my favorite sort of narrative strategy where mm -hmm. like the person uh reacts to a petty slight by fucking someone over it's like an election Mm -hmm. when matthew broderick gets caught for uh, like throwing away the two votes for Tracy Flick. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, it's all because there's a custodian there who once saw him like throw a soda <laughs> yeah. on the floor. <laughs> on the floor, yes.
4: <laughs> yeah. And he's
2: like, I'm going to pull these out of the trash can and fuck this guy over. That's the same thing with the Reverend. Like Bub says, hey, how, hey, good morning, Reverend. And the Reverend just looks at him and doesn't say anything. And like yeah. that is uniquely infuriating sure like uh, something about that it's like i don't know i live in suburbia and sometimes like i'm walking through my neighborhood and you wave at someone coming down the street and they don't wave back to you and yes. it's such a small thing but you're just like immediately you're like man fuck that guy yeah. like yeah. In-
1: in that moment, if I'm you could ruin his life, if I'm you could, sorry,
2: like, Your Honor, up yours. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like if you could kick a spike strip under that guy's car in that moment, like you know you would, and like Bubs, just it's like you're getting to live the wish fulfillment of being able to do that through Bubs. Yes.
1: And I think it's also just like, you know, uh, it, like I was saying, it was his, the last straw for him because at this point, you know, every single institution has failed him. The cops have failed him. The fucking like the corner has failed him in a, a bit because he's like, you guys don't protect your neighborhood store. Mm-hmm. You know, he is he is completely falling through the cracks. Now the church is like, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it's just like like in that moment, he's like fuck god (laughs) right i if i can if i can kill two birds with one stone here i'm gonna do it and he does it in such a beautiful fashion that you just are like i mean that's the cleverness of a junkie i think that's the one thing that is uh you know uh, when people when you watch the show and you see that like bubs is like particularly clever he's not always um like doing some like jackass antics like sometimes he has a really smart idea like at the time he had the fish hook and he took the fucking Mm -hmm. ground stash with a fish (laughs) hook like it looks funny but it's actually brilliant you know and uh you know he's using that junky knowledge of you know how to get over on people with the least amount of you know fucking blowback and it's perfect
2: and it's it's it's, yeah it's just exactly how the wire always gives you you know in the midst of like these crushing crushing societal forces and uh like incompetent institutions you occasionally get to live vicariously through someone who's benefiting from them and like i think clay davis is like a sort of a mirror uh, of bubs in this episode where he's like giving all of the advice to other people on how to be worse at their jobs while simultaneously uh, like benefiting himself, like at every single turn, like he does not stop for 100%. one second trying 100%. to figure out how to, how to improve his position.
1: Yeah, he is. He's actually, that's, a perfect, uh, kind of like you know, the parallel storytelling. Uh, he is the bubs of City Hall in in you know of local Maryland politics. Uh, because yeah. like he's doing the same shit. He's killing two birds with one stone. He's he's playing Burrell against Carcetti and Carcetti against Burrell, and it's gonna end up with him somehow getting twenty five thousand dollars or something. You know, he's yeah.
3: Yeah, everything is a hustle. Like, there is no, like, he could just, you know, he has, a, he's a state senate job. He could just show up and mm-hmm. cash checks and not really do a whole lot because he's a legislature. Yeah. Legislator, right? But he's yeah. just like, how can I convert this, this ordinary
2: interaction into profitable crime? Yeah. yeah. He's also, I feel like he is sort of a like prescient foreshadowing of the Trump years in that, uh. like, he is such an honest piece of shit that no one even really like begrudges him for the bad things that he does. Like he's constantly fucking everyone over and it never really comes back to bite him. Cause he never did anything other than promise that he was going to fuck you over. Like he was sort of transparent about like he's, he's somewhat transparent about what a piece of shit he is. And so when he fucks you over, you kind of just shrug your shoulders and go, ah, well, yeah, you know, yeah. that's uh, that's clay like- being clay. <laughs>
3: It's like if the scorpion was wearing a shirt saying, I'm a scorpion. (laughs) Yes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. It's the scorpion wearing a shirt saying, I'm a scorpion. And on the back of the shirt, it says, I will stab you at the end. There is no parable. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's where you end up respecting the scorpion a little bit for being just blatantly like, uh, like for being honest, even though, you know, he's going to stab you at some point. You're like, I know I can benefits somehow a little bit from this backstab (laughs) and maybe i can maybe i can avoid it if i turn my back you know real quick um but yeah he goes to visit carcetti after talking to um you know burrell and telling him how to get over on carcetti he is now uh you know trying to make a deal with carcetti i can ask narice about that pay raise
5: getting passed maybe convince some of the ministers they need to move on from burrell
3: And what do we do for you in return?
5: I'm in Annapolis. Word I'm hearing, you may be there too in a couple of years.
1: Jesus Christ. She... Like, the idea there is that he is just saying to him, like, I'm doing you a solid uh, because I know you're going to be the governor. Uh, or, or what? What do you think is going on? It, like, I don't, I don't know what Clay's game is in that moment.
2: He's saying that if you give me a hamburger today, I will gladly pay you for pay you it Tuesday. tomorrow. Mm. Yeah, right.
3: Yeah. And also, there's the the venality of like, okay, carchetti is twenty five down for you now. Yeah, right. But by the time this matures and vests, when you're mm. in Annapolis, like, how much leverage does it produce? Like, how many right. dollars can I get for per one of these? So like, it's a smart long con and like, and, and, you know, like you said, he just owns the gimmick. He's living the gimmick so much. He's like, by the way, I am going to fuck you later. Yeah. We're going to be doing this later. You're going to get fucked.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. My hands in your pocket, like literally and figuratively, and you know, it's there.
2: Yeah. Just keep planning for this going forward that I'm going to be keep taking a little bit off the top.
1: Yeah, but the genius thing though is he 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 does make a great point with um Burrell earlier on because you know Burrell is now at this point basically being ready to be shit canned and he doesn't know when and Rawls is technically or is like supposedly above him now he's like going to be the future um you know commissioner uh, and Clay makes a great point that like he's not the commissioner yet and uh and Carcetti will not fire you he doesn't have the balls so all you have to do is uh you know impress him and uh he tells them just i don't know police shit he, he, <laughs> yeah, yeah. he has no idea what exactly the police do but he's just like i don't know do whatever you. The I mean he's, he's
2: yet another character like giving uh, bad advice basically like yes yeah you know, the way you uh, can well, yeah, the way you can impress this mayor who's against stat juking is just uh, juke some stats.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and I have a clip of, uh, of where that goes. Because where that ends up going is, uh, yeah, he's trying to juke stats on some quality of life violations. And we get to see, we get to see the cops do what the cops are good at doing, which is um, racistly uh, pouring out other people's beer for no fucking reason. <laughs>
5: You just need to give Carketti a little something. Make him start seeing you in a new light. Like what? Some kind of police shit, hell, I don't know. <laughs> Later. Bosses want quality of life violations. Loitering? Disorderlies, public indecency. Oh, this is horseshit. Broken windows theory. Right. Worked in New York. Meanwhile, at the crusty crack can't believe y'all are doing this shit. You're
2: degrading the quality of life in this neighborhood. More liquor. Oh,
3: come on, man. Brother, you gotta shake hands with the Pilsner. Maybe
2: a
4: nice tail. Ale. tail
1: what? Oh, man, my bro! My shoes! I'm sorry, but was that. The, the Calicchio? Calicchio? How do you pronounce it, Then? Really Are you going to do this every episode? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> it's Calicchio. Calicchio. Something Italian. I don't know these Dago names. But, uh. <laughs> but he. Was he not doing something like overtly racist there where he was saying he talked about you know him drinking malt liquor and then told him to drink a a pale ale or a pilsner he's not am i am i reading Mm. into
3: this too much you mean german pilsner is that yeah like a
1: german pilsner and then he said pale ale like very
2: like whitely Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like something drink something white yeah. I kind of read it that way. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if there was supposed to be like symbolism with the pale part, uh, but I, I mean, I, I think the basics of it were just like, why are you drinking this? Why are you drinking this black people garbage? You should drink exactly. some white people beers.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's what I thought. And, you know, uh, been, Calicchio has been,
3: he has been, um, <laughs> Calico. Why why did we even do this? <laughs> like, we just went over this. <laughs> I, I, it's so
1: hard because like Colechio sounds like ColecoVision. Is that the one? Is it ColecoVision? Yeah, it yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. Now I got it forever. That's all you had to do. Um no, it's just like he's the he's clearly the most racist cop there. He's always kind of like you're like and this is our racist cop. Um and so I I just assume
2: he's doing some some race shit there um shout out by yeah, the way it's bro- like weird to- it's like halfway between like playful ball busting and uh racist stuff like yeah like it, it could just be playful ball busting if he wasn't also like putting cuffs on the guy and pouring his drink out right yeah and if he it also didn't fun. snarl like
3: right? he just yeah. like
2: he has a default
3: snarl and he has the face of like a P.E. teacher who still uses the anti-gay F word to motivate yes, you yes yeah. yes yes that he's, also he's,
2: describes every like every Fox News person like what's that Brent <laughs> what? his name's like Brent something or what? like that guy's the most P.E. teacher looking motherfucker I've ever seen like he, like Brett Baer yeah Brett Baer. he like yeah. activates something in me where I just want to suck him in the mouth I uh, see yeah. I think I he looks like Dennis the Menace grew up and then ate too much salt <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He has a bloated That's face. It's
1: exactly like, what he looks like. Like his
2: face bloat that like like somewhere between like he somehow has simultaneous face bloat and Botox that erased yeah. all his facial features.
1: Yeah, it looks like his skin regimen is uh, get stung by a bee. <laughs> yeah, it's like he's like the most allergic man I've ever seen. <laughs> uh yeah no but like <laughs> he's got a bandolier of epipens, yeah, <laughs> yeah just there just every fucking fuck i don't know why the bees like me i, I should have never ate that queen um <laughs> <laughs> but yeah uh you know he's uh he's he's doing some some racist shit so like colicchio is you know our standard racist cop and now you know and now we have um walker who is uh, he's featured in the cold open of this episode being your uh, standard brutal cop mm-hmm. um and uh, i mean he's
2: living out black police showing out for the white cop 100%. Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, like um, you know, being more brutal than every other cop out there. And it's like the thing about the wires, they do, you know, uh, uh, while I will say in general they're pretty good at making every cop terrible. They do do the thing where they're like this is going to be our cop that steals and this is our cop that does racism. And then you watch like we own the city and you're like, Oh no, they're all racist and they all steal.
2: I I wanted, yeah. Like a brief aside here. Like I feel like the wires, racial politics are so much more nuanced than you usually get. Totally. uh, in shows like this. Cause like a normal show would definitely have Herc be the stupider one and Carver like, picking up on stuff but then you also have like this added wrinkle Mm -hmm. of walker and uh i found there's a quote from this in alan seppenwall his review where he was uh quoting david simon about walker Mm -hmm. um uh, i asked simon whether walker was deliberately written as african-american and if so why and he said walker was conceived as black because tellingly when ed and i were on the corner in west baltimore we noted that many of the more brutal more shady patrolmen were actually black Why Mm -hmm. is this so? Hard to say, but perhaps a mercenary or brutal patrolman is camouflaged in some sense if he is African-American. A white Mm -hmm. officer engaging in predatory practices in the ghetto would be subject to all kind of of racial us-against-them stereotypes and stigmas. With a black officer behaving so, the racial racial politics are rendered moot. And from the perspective of some black cops, many of whom have working-class roots and who have reached their newfound authority by having to eschew the same the temptations of the street and keep to a moral code there is often i have found a contempt for the black underclass that some white cops would not dare exhibit it's perhaps easier for a black cop having reached his station in life to heap contempt on those who have not done so saying to himself i did it why the hell can't they Mm. white cops as outsiders may not be subject to the same self-conscious judgments Uh, Walker is more a function of class consciousness than race consciousness. I get a sense that people who still think police brutality is linked to racism rather than classism are about 10 years behind the street, which uh, interesting. I I, I think it's an articulate explanation. I I still think I like NWA's version uh, better. But uh, yeah, he yeah.
3: Yeah, no. It's yeah. it's so weird to hear him talk like that after like the last ten years of him of him on Twitter tweeting like you fuck shitting dick cocker. Yeah, and you're <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. What? Yeah.
2: I'm reading that wondering, like, if he wrote that in an email or if he actually said that out loud. I was like, no one is that fucking articulate out loud. Yeah,
1: when he says interview, he means that's an email chain for sure. I was like, nah, fucking God. He's got semicolons in his speech. Eat a dick. (laughs) I mean, he's a great writer, you know, so I don't expect him to not be able to speak well, but nah, that's he wrote. Not one
2: M dash. Get out of here.
1: Yeah, the fuck. Um, He didn't say like or um. Mm -hmm. That's all we say That's most of this Or fucking
2: Fucking Like when I was writing
1: Fucking When I was writing Fucking Shakespeare (laughs) Um Yeah (laughs) That's what Shakespeare said Every time he was interviewed Um, (laughs) Out of the way I'm Shakespeare
5: Yeah (laughs) No me I was writing Fucking
1: Shakespeare Over here I got IMs over here Yeah (laughs)
5: Exactly
1: Uh, but yeah, no, I've uh, I have a little bit of that cold open, um, and while I completely agree that you know they're showing this Walker as this, uh, you know as the way David um, Simon described him, my favorite part of this brutality scene, which is hard to say, um, but when my favorite part is one of the reasons Walker goes so hard on Donut after stealing this car. Um, Is because of the paperwork That's going to be involved Uh, And I, I just have that cold up I mean And also Walker hits the driver at one point
5: little motherfucker you know how many cars you hit what
1: i like that little juke move he tried to do there
4: paperwork i got now huh no no Ah! Ah!
5: let's see how easy you boost the car
1: like the the theme of paperwork features prominently in this episode of paperwork being the reason why everything is bad.
2: I think it's not just paperwork. I think it's also oh, sure. that he embarrassed him. Like he yes, embarrassed Walker because Walker hit that other driver and mm-hmm. like had to basically like apologize, Ap- apologize for something and lose yeah. face. And I think those two factors combined. Made yeah. Him real mad.
1: A hundred percent. But like, you know, for sure he gets a, you know, he's humiliated there and he made him look bad and whatnot. But, just i feel like it keeps like him saying the paperwork line to me keeps in uh, is like part of the theme of this episode which is i think um everyone hates paperwork except for mcnulty so like we see um you know walker he breaks his finger he's talking about paperwork we see marimo His biggest issue is he's got paperwork spread all over his fucking desk. But it's
2: also don't embarrass this unit. Don't embarrass me by being bad at your job and bringing heat up. Because I I don't know, like as a recent parent, I feel like, you know, there's like the part of parenting where you're trying to keep the kid alive. And that's like the most, that's like job one, like Mm -hmm. keep them alive. Job two, like make them grow into uh, successful adults. But then like the next one is like, all right, like, I don't necessarily care if you swear like a sailor or whatever, but if you go out there and do that at school, you're going to embarrass me. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. Don't gonna... make me look like an asshole. Yeah. Yes.
1: No, 100%. Uh, you know, that, and I think that is... Um, part of it. Um, but what I love about the paperwork thing is that's also very human to me. Cause I just had like randomly yesterday, I like, I started getting heart palpitations, remembering that at some point I'm going to have to do my taxes again. <laughs> right. And I was just <laughs> yeah. like, Oh God. Cause like in my back of my mind, I'm like, someday I'm going to do them quarterly,
4: mm-hmm. you
1: know, and, and I'm just going to be a good boy. Um, And I'm not. I'm never going to be that good boy. And I just watch the paperwork pile up and I just want to fucking die. And I feel like, um, you know, uh, you kind of wonder, I think, also what the reason is for all the paperwork. And in terms of this episode, McNulty uh, shows the usefulness of paperwork in that he actually solves a crime. In this episode and you don't get that a lot this is I think our second solved crime this season uh, I think Kima solved the murder uh, that turned out to be kind of an accidental killing and now he's going to solve some church burglaries and uh, I have uh, McNulty's arc uh, all right here
5: who caught the last one McNulty working it we should talk alright pull the reports on those church burglaries. Yeah? Yeah, there's a pattern. Times and locations. They are working west by northwest through Sandtown, Winchester. And you got all this from the incident reports?
2: That's why we do the paperwork. Yeah, go up in that video. Felony burglary.
5: fucking knew there was still some real criminals left in Baltimore.
1: You think that other
3: cop was like, that's why we do the <laughs> yeah well to yeah. your point Matt like you know you, you look at Burrell's uh solution for uh winning over Carcetti. he's just showering paper on the city you know That's it's right. it's it's just traffic citations and other things that are you know like so low level misdemeanor you're basically just getting written up yes
1: when you have a bigger a big enough stack of paper it looks like you're good at your job it looks like you're working when you have paper and I w- I'm reading this uh biography of j edgar hoover um turns out he's a really nice guy oh yeah Uh, yeah and one of the reasons why he is uh like he was able to be like the head of this you know fucking fbi i mean he created the fbi essentially um but uh like at 26 he's heading this you know federal enforcement agency is because he would just flood everything with paperwork and they're like this guy's good and he knows how to (laughs) collate and file it (laughs) (laughs) holy shit you got a guy let's make him the president like he literally like paperwork uh, is something that I, I don't know. It, it with the, with the wire, you just see it as kind of like this afterthought. Everyone's just like, "Oh, I gotta write all this shit down. It sucks." And uh, you see that with like you know a little bit of uh, a little bit of know how, a little, a little bit of gumption, you can find out who's stealing the wine. I don't know what they're stealing from the church. I assume money,
3: but I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I'm All right, assuming well, yeah. saints' bones, <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, parts of the True Cross, <laughs> relics, yeah. Yeah. the holy water, <laughs> right? Drinking yeah. It. Well, there's a whole like there's a blade tie-in there that I don't want to go mm. into, but the holy water is important. The holy water is important. You got to have that holy water so that you can fight the
1: the other Draculas. <laughs> um. <laughs> uh. But yeah. So uh, that's what's happening with McNulty uh kind of uh just uh moving on to let's talk about the kids and let's end with everything that's going on with the children in this episode. A lot of things going on, like we said um the Chris and Snoop and Michael's storyline is like uh, pretty simple it's just a handful of scenes, but they are probably the most powerful scenes uh you you actually get to see um michael uh break bad as it were break bad mm-hmm. you know yeah you you finally get to see him be like man i better i better call Saul <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> he finally says i got to go to downtown abbey you know what i'm saying <laughs> um i don't know what we're doing <laughs> we're, we're going to send him to the er <laughs> we're going to send him to the er <laughs> you know you know what we're going to do
2: we're,
1: we're going to climb we're... those twin peaks <laughs>
2: I'm gonna set up a homicide.
1: Uh, yeah, illustrate
2: life on the street. Nicely I'm gonna,
1: done. I'm gonna start uh, the, Learn how to sing sopranos. <laughs> you know what I mean, guys? <laughs> TV rewatch. Um. So it's, yeah, he's gonna beat Franklin. <laughs> Yeah. No. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Those are all much better. He's gonna show them things too about special victims unit. <laughs> so he's uh, we know we get to see him uh <laughs> break bad, <laughs> he comes bad, he turned break bad, and then
4: you alright Vince. Yeah,
2: there was just a couple of madmen in that alley. You
0: know? <laughs> <laughs>
4: so angry.
1: Oh, man. Was was stupid. Stupid. And now
3: everyone's six feet under. Okay. <laughs>
1: yeah. uh, there's going to be some people walking dead. Or... <laughs> All
2: right. It's Keep going, show. it'll be not funny for a while. Yeah, it's <laughs> it'll gonna be come back again, yeah. okay?
1: But uh, yeah, no, uh, he's uh, he doesn't say he was molested, but he gives a look like he was molested. And Chris seems to be the first one, I think, to re- really catch on to uh, to the you know, the look of someone who's mad at their stepdad because they were molested. And and in that scene where he's uh, he pulls off the murder, I, I like part of me, I don't know if you guys read into it but it was like oh is you think chris partlow is also a survival of child sexual yeah, abuse I thought that was right? pretty, oh, yeah.
2: pretty obvious i thought about that was that. pretty
1: obvious too but mm-hmm. you know
2: right about the like seventh pistol whip i was like oh i see what's happening here yeah yeah
1: um but uh but yeah you know i um i have that clip as well
5: my moms i just want them gone. just want them away from me and Buck.
4: the fuck are you doing again
5: All right, take care of it, boss. I will.
1: I just have to have a little Wesley Willis this season. Okay. Alright we'll have to do the whole thing but Bug's dad got him a nerves. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> exactly Thank you for understanding I feel like the, He was the, a
2: fucking asshole <laughs> In the first place <laughs> Like the bigger question I had About that scene was like When When Chris is uh, You know beating him with his bare hands yeah. And spits giving on him, him at the end Giving
1: him a uh, succession Of punches <laughs>
2: oh yep. i yep. ruined you did it, did it. You did oh no it.
1: i have a gun <laughs> shoot myself <laughs> uh,
2: I, I just i couldn't help thinking like man he's leaving like a lot of dna behind at that yeah. scene and i was like ah is this gonna be in a, in a different show i feel like that would come back to haunt him
1: uh i mean i don't want no spoilers but um i hold on to that thought yeah yeah hold yeah. on to that thought yeah. because uh and by when I say no spoilers, Jeb, uh, we do spoilers all the time. Oh yeah, we've done a lot. <laughs> yeah, just in case you were, you know, like, what? We just gave yeah. away. Well, the whole if I
2: show can't or... if I can't remember specifics, then I you know it's fine. Then I'm fine. Yeah. And I can't. Yeah, yeah. So that's good. Yeah.
1: Um, so yeah, he uh he, he he whooped Batman's ass to death and um and Michael is uh you know, he's a changed man, you know, he's he's broke bad. He is now uh Dawson's Creek. So, um, but the uh, you know the other kids uh, we've got uh, Naaman in this episode um, is kind of being revealed to be the opposite of. I mean, he's been revealed to be the opposite of Michael throughout this whole season. Like you've watched this whole season, and you've been like, yeah, I think Carver's um, you know heart pump Kool Aid, so to speak. Um, but or sorry, Naaman's heart pump Kool Aid. But uh, in this one, you get to see him actually, like, literally almost cry when he finds out that he's going to go to Juvie. Um, and, uh, And it's the first time, I think, that, like, Carver is, like is able to use the new muscle that he's gained from
2: Yeah, uh, he's the good he's the good middle manager in this episode because he's like capable of like bending on human a rule emotions, and, <laughs> yeah, and making mm-hmm. making adjustments based on like the details in front of him and not just blindly following whatever right. mandate he's been given.
1: Yeah, and, you know, he has to fight against his own instinct to just, like, crack skulls um, of people who are not allowed to win. Um, but uh, he he does, and he realizes that uh, Naaman's, you know, his mom is in fucking Atlantic City gambling the hard-earned money that he has made, slinging dope, even though he doesn't want to, um, on a dangerous-ass corner that she's forcing him to work on. And uh, so he calls up uh bunny colvin and bunny takes him in and they have dinner together and it finds out what a la mode means he finds out yeah that it means ice cream you mm-hmm. know at or you know in the fashion i don't know where i learned that but fashion did. school
3: probably fashion school
1: um but like- yeah
3: I mean, as long as we're doing, you know, parallels, like they they also, you know, do a really good job at the end of the episode when Bunny confronts Naaman's mom and it's oh, just yeah. like, Oh yeah. I mean, every parent in this is in their own way a predator.
4: Mm-hmm. Oh hmm
3: You know, yeah. Dookie's parents are just selling everything that he gets. That's right. And she is just sucking the life out of Naaman mm-hmm. o- almost literally by like putting him deliberately in harm's way. But at yeah. the
2: same time, like is like in the context of the corner kids, like is she entirely wrong here? Like, Randy mm. has put his life in no, danger right. by, like, you know, being too close to police. And now uh, Naaman has gone and, like, spent the night with an ex-cop. Uh, like, if that gets out on the street, as opposed to him going to juvie, like, he, he could end up getting killed you, over something like that
1: you're not wrong especially since this is all that she knows as well mm-hmm. um and but at the same time there is i would say the her callousness though doesn't seem to come from like uh being particularly protective of him or his feelings like it's more about like um no money it's about money because, like, at the end of the day, like he was always kind of protected. I mean, he only had to start working the corner because uh, the Barksdales cut cut him off.
2: Yeah, cut off the family. No, no doubt. I don't think she's right for the right reasons, but
1: no, right. Uh, yes, yeah. she's not right for the. Yeah, she's. She that's right. She's right for the wrong reasons. Um, but uh, yeah, no, you get to see uh that look on her face, just like. Leave my son the fuck alone. And it's funny too because I I have a, a bit of that. Both um, uh, Bunny and uh,
2: what's her name? La La, ra, la, la uh, I don't know. I can't remember. LaFonda? Fonda. La Rhonda. Delanda. Delanda. Damn it! It's So
3: close. Carthagio. Do, do not Landa cancel asked. me. That's yeah. <laughs>
1: Was that Latin? Yeah. Uh <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, you get to see both uh bunny and uh and uh Dolanda <laughs> um I just get to the end part here. They um boy. look at their face. You
0: leave my son the fuck alone and you you afraid to go to baby booking? The fuck is wrong with you, boy. Get in the damn house.
1: Maybe I'm reading too into it, but you guys know that emoji with the guy who's, like, frowning, but he's got the big U frown and it's all the way down? Yeah, they both have that frown face. hmm Anyways, that's Matt Leib's emoji analysis of The Wire. <laughs> <laughs> Please subscribe to our Patreon. Um, yeah. And finally, in terms of the kids, um, my favorite shit ever in this is seeing the corner kids class just practicing what it would be like to do service and, or be served and just having probably the greatest day of class ever. Um, and unfortunately for them, it's probably the thing that ends up uh, getting the whole fucking class canceled because they accidentally um, pushed down some visiting fucking administrator who ruins fucking Everything, and I have a clip of that.
5: Fuck if I know. You ain't supposed to cuss at the customer, motherfucker. Call me. (laughs) Pizza. Anything to drink? Grape soda.
3: Quiet, please. Yeah. Thank you. Say thank you.
5: Yeah. Thank you. Don't he guys say thank you too? Don't know. What the fuck for? (laughs) What you wanna eat? Some crab cakes
4: and a coke. Hurry
0: that shit up, too. (laughs) Say about my DSS card. Do you have an appointment? Why I need an appointment? Zenobia, so, I don't think she
3: needs an appointment.
0: Sorry, just trying to make it realistic.
3: I don't know what you mean.
0: Card didn't come this month. We mailed it. Maybe it got sold. <laughs> Sorry, nothing we can do. Fuck you. Chandra. She ain't helping me. That's how they do. Need another <laughs> card, bitch.
5: Fuck you for real. Oh. 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 I mean, I mean, up. Oh. She's oh. like I think this project may be flawed.
1: <laughs> you're just saying that because you fell you <laughs> fucking dickhead um yeah no I, I just like uh, I love I, the, the kids in this fucking show are all so fucking good they're mm-hmm. all so good everyone's so funny in that, in that sequence and I'm just like ah it's every other show or movie with kids fucking sucks and then this they're putting on an acting clinic, folks.
2: They are. They putting really on are. They're a,
1: a clinic. Hey, you guys can talk.
2: <laughs> I agree. I, I really agree. They absolutely are. Is
3: it that I talk too much? No, I just don't have any. I mean, What's you're right. Well, yes, i You know, I'm, I'm,
2: I'm too busy agreeing with you. I'm sitting here and reflecting on how much I agree with your point. If I disagreed, I would have broke in, but I didn't, so I didn't have anything to say. No, I'm
1: not giving you guys, uh, you know... uh a lot of rope in which to make uh, bunny animals and stuff. I don't know. There's a, You know what I'm trying to say? I'm not giving you the material.
3: To... I do like the fact that that woman's solution, like, reason for shutting down the program is like, well, it hasn't succeeded across the board. Right, yeah, yeah. Immediately. Yeah. Like, yeah. we've done a trial program for less than a semester yes. with the, some of the most troubled kids we can find, and we don't have mm. a 100% success rate. Let's just quit now, which yeah. to me is like, every single like any alternative to the war on drugs I've ever seen as a policy measure is like, you've got three months and you
2: have to be perfect. Otherwise we're just going back to, you know, the DEU cracking skulls. Yeah. I also like that. The, like the main administrator lady, who's an outsider who came in like her, her response to the program is driven largely by how much she resents the person explaining it to her. Like uh. when bunny starts talking to her, she's like, all right, this guy's doing it in yeah. a non-pedantic the way. E ass and then, then the Chuck E. Cheese ass motherfucker starts talking. she's like, "Ugh, this I motherfucker again, this little rat. Yeah. And it's like, it, I really think so many things work that way where it's mm-hmm. like driven by someone's annoyance with the person closest to them who has to explain it.
1: and and i also think that like i really think the idea of just destroying this whole program with the fucking like i don't know undergrad level critique of i believe this is flawed is like it's just so uh it's it's annoying. It's a, it's the most annoying critique. It's like, oh, flawed. You think a program is flawed? Not <laughs> perfect. Wow. And you know that it just comes from like she got pushed.
2: It yeah. comes from she got pushed, and also maybe she's like angling for like a some to other be, shit. like to, mm-hmm. for a higher job by yeah.
1: She's trying to suck that that woman's dick. She's just like, yeah, you're important. <laughs> I agree with you. <laughs> Meanwhile, Donnelly and the fucking you know vice principal and shit—they're like, okay, yeah, I don't know. Let's let's keep going with it. Mm-hmm. I and uh, yeah, and that's gonna ruin the whole goddamn thing. Um, and uh, I mean, I guess we'll see in the future episodes what happens with the Corner Kids program as a as a result. I think it's of coming back. Meeting. I think so too. <laughs> uh-huh. I think it's fine. And I think Michael's gonna be like, I'm sorry, Dad. <laughs> I. Are you okay? Are you going to pet him? Are you okay, Dad? Dad. Wake up. Wake up, Dad. You know, Land Before Time style. Mm. Mm. Remember Land Before Time when that meteor Mm -hmm. hits? I don't, but I'm going to say that I do. The meteor hits because the (laughs) brontosaurus was a child molester. (laughs) Well, Well, that's a good reason. (laughs) Guys, if I had to give this episode a letter grade... And I do. It would be a solid B plus. Mm, It's
3: all B plus. Yep. Yep. What?
1: That's okay. Jeb, what would you give this episode
3: if you had to give it a letter grade? Well, I mean, you know, we already talked about, uh, you know, just how good the kids are and, but we've also talked a little bit about, you know, like the the sort of the pedantic nature of you know Presbo's dialogue and like of the foresh- the heavy foreshadowing of yeah. Bodhi. and so like yeah. there's a lot that's really solid here but there's just a little that takes some of the the, the velocity off the fastball and for me that's you know it was gonna be an A minus but I'm gonna have to settle in at a B plus as mm-hmm. well. Oh mm-hmm.
1: man! All right. Well, it's a shocker, but the grade for this episode: solid B plus episode of The Wire and a solid A plus 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 yeah. plus 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 yeah. plus. plus, plus, plus. Yeah.
2: What? I I had a lake trout before we get out of here. Oh yeah? You had a lake trout? Yeah, no, it's uh, our segment, Lake Trout, where we explain some of the delicacies of the Baltimore area. Wait, 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 uh, wait, yes. wait, wait, wait,
5: wait,
4: wait.
5: Lake Trout.
2: No lake, no
0: trout. Bitch from Baltimore, you say you was I never see.
2: Lake Trout. <laughs> he loves this record scratch. Can't take it away from him. <laughs> um, yeah. We see a brief scene of Omar and he's uh, he's eating a Cadi And his boyfriend, he asks his boyfriend if he wants it. And he it looks like he's really enjoying that Cadi It looks delicious. It does look very and, and his boyfriend doesn't want it. And he's like, it's from Fadley's. So then I, of course, looked up what a Cadi is mm. and Fadley's. And uh, I found this video of a woman explaining uh, the Cadi at Fadley's. So, oh shit. Oh sorry. I guess I need to send that to you for you to play it, right? Matt? Yeah, send me a video. There you go.
1: Send me a video now. There you
2: go. It's in the chat. I thought oh, I it's forgot in the chat? that I can't play it myself. Yeah.
1: I can. <laughs> I can do everything. I'm sorry. I don't know why I'm acting like this. All right, here we go. Share screen. Uh open system preferences. <laughs> sorry. Share. Did, I'm sorry I did this. No, I like it. All right, are you ready? Uh-huh. It's
2: two minutes. It's good though. I think it's it's a great two minutes. I'm
0: gonna tell you about the history of a codfish cake. This is nice a tips. real cod. There are several Sorry. Different coddies out there, but what we have here at faithless is the traditional Northern European codfish cakes made out of dried salted cod. Mm. The cod was brought in. And was dried and salted and cured late in the sun, mm. so that they'd have it year round. Show time. me them tits and again. What they would do is reconstitute. Mm. Soak the codi. This is the the uh, sorry. Cod fish. This is the salted cod. Soak it overnight. Boil the salt out of it. Pour off fresh water. Boil it again.
1: And I want you, can you to make salt a dish my out cod. The
0: most common dish was the codi, where you'd use the fish with a combination of onions and potatoes and spices and, you know, some nice parsley and put it together in a, in a cake and fry it as a, as a meal. We use actually here a combination of the dried cod and fresh cod meat. In our
3: codfish cakes, yeah, got a lot of meat in those cakes. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I mean, it's basically talking about cod cakes. My girls got them.
2: Sorry. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. yeah. nice. There we it's, go. We're uh, all doing it. <laughs> it's a nice, it's a nice croquette made of uh, bacalà, which is what the Italians would call salted cod. I feel bad and that it I, it was talking, re- I was talking. It looked really good to me. I was kind uh,
1: of sexually harassing the video the whole time, and I'm not that guy. Kind of. <laughs> I'm actually a good guy. A L- little bit, little bit. I'm sorry. I, I have a, I've been up for so many hours.
3: I'm just upset as a Norwegian. You know, I'm upset that they took cod and they didn't soak it in lye. Yeah. and then turn it into just a, a heap of of, of, of vomit-inducing yeah. weird shit. Just a repugnant substance. In and the weird, fairness, that they, they
2: did take it. Into a chemical weapon. They did yeah. take it, salt it, put it in the sun, and then <laughs> boil it twice and then right. deep fry it i mean like they did do a lot to it but i think a lot of those steps i think they really did make it probably taste better in those steps so good for I'm sure <laughs> just a, a total war
3: on texture like yeah. how many this is twice boiled fish oh yeah. thank you yeah. so much <laughs> yeah all food should be goo and then fried <laughs> how many days has this been simmered in the yeah. sun, too. I mean, if but, you're going to
2: turn it into goo, the best way to treat that goo is to mix it with potatoes and deep fry it because then you got oh, a nice crunchy oh, outside yeah, and okay. gooey, you make that goo work for you. I think that's smart.
3: <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> that's good goo. Making goo work for you. <laughs> make goo work I was a for l- you. I
2: was a little disappointed that her accent was not more bone chillingly. Uh, I baller. was waiting
3: for
1: it to be more. And then, um, yeah, but then I kept making titty jokes. I, 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 no, go ahead. I wanted the full Donnelly or Landsman out of that. Yeah, I know. We never get enough of it. I feel like um, in the real world, I just, I'm just so excited to meet someone with that accent some one of these days.
2: Yeah, you know? me too. As soon it's as a we
1: solid s- A plus episode of Pod Yourself, The Wire, Jeb Lund. Thank you so much for coming on the show and talking about The Wire with
3: us. Thank you for having me. Thank you for putting together an A-plus presentation. I agree. I'm also rating this episode an A-plus. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're correct. It is an A-plus
1: episode, and that's an, that's thanks in part to you as well as Vince, as well as
3: Brent Flyberg, our producer. But Jeb, where can people find you on the internet? Uh so you can find me on Blue Sky at Mobute M O B U T E uh you can also find It's Christmas Town uh our Hallmark podcast where we gently make fun of how just bizarre those movies are <laughs> yeah. uh on really every podcast platform and that's kind of all you need I think yeah well check those
1: out it's a great fucking podcast and and if you need a Blue Sky invite um I have You'll, a few hundred. Let he's me know. got a few hundred, so <laughs> just hit up Jeb and get that blue guy. Thank you so much, Jeb. Thank loved, you. Loved having you. Wired. Patreon.com slash broadcast The $8 tier gets you a shout out You get a street name for the money you spend Why don't you spend money on something else When you get it on a fucking name Vince, we have three mm-hmm. <laughs> three, <What>? three $8 <laughs> tier guys Um, So for you to give names First
2: is Chris Hurd Hurd Her, um, We're going to call this guy Amber Boom.
5: Amber! Done. Amber heard. Done.
1: Is she lying? We don't know. Ruth Weber. Weber was. I, I, could, I just met her! Oh. <laughs> sure. No, no, no. Don't do that. No. Go where you were going. I was, well,
2: was going to go with Chris Weber, like, time out, but then I was like, nah. Weber, we're going to call her the spider because she's out there webbing. She's making that web!
1: Spider! Uh, And last but not least, Sam Ennis.
2: Ennis the Menace. We love a a rhyming nickname. We love love a
1: nickname rhymes. Guys, if you want to hear your name on your favorite The Wire podcast, Go to patreon.com slash frockcast and sign up for the $8 tier. You also get all the bonus episodes. You know, you get uh, me and Vince talking about other things, mm-hmm. talking about other things.
2: We're going to get so many bad reviews about how we how we genuinely think we're so funny uh, after this episode. But you know what? I don't care. He was making me laugh, and I'm not
1: ashamed we're of it. We don't think we're so funny. I mean, we do think. I think
2: Sometimes I think we laugh because we're uncomfortable.
1: Was that why you laugh?
2: Sometimes. I thought it
1: was because I was
2: fucking crushed. That, that
1: too, that too. Broadcast at gmail.com for all your questions, comments, and concerns. Vince, what is the Google Voice
2: number? 415-275-0030. 415-275-0030. Alrighty, everyone.
1: Thanks again so much for listening. And until next time, if you come at the king, you best not miss. Yeah. Vince what's what's <laughs> happening with Vince? My light my light stopped working. Oh, th- is your recorder still on? Yeah, it's still on. I uh, that, that I don't care. It's <laughs> That's fine. Okay. Um it's anyways. a new light. I was
2: just, you know, I'm working on it.
1: That's uh, fine. I Maybe I thought it was, uh, you also could have been like, we don't have to talk about ISIS right now. Um, <laughs> Vince, don't worry about the light.
2: I'm not, I'm not. I'm, I'm I see not it in your face, about, you're not, obsessed with nope, it. I'm not There's worried about it. There's
1: something about it that's just pissing you off <laughs> and it, and, it, and it makes me uncomfortable because I'm like, it's okay.
2: I'm getting over it.